Hello and welcome. This is Nick's Nerd News, live from sunny San Diego, California. And now we go to your host, Nick. Well, we had a long week and uh, a lot of things happened. And first things first, kind of want to talk about what happened at the Madden tournament this weekend. Uh, it was an unfortunate event. Multiple people are dead. Two, two professional Madden players, dozen wounded at least. And and, and it, it's it's really unfortunate that that this has to happen uh, again and again. I I don't want to make a political thing out of this, but let let's just kind of here hold a moment of silence for gamers. It, it's unfortunate this happened in 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 the gaming community especially at a Madden tournament um where everyone is having fun getting along things like that and and let let's just kind of kind of have a moment of silence here all right uh let let's kind of talk about Gamescom which happened last week uh Europe's biggest games show uh in Germany started on Tuesday the 21st it's essentially Europe's version of E3. Not as big of announcements as E3, as E3 is still the biggest in terms of, of news. But we still had still had quite a bit of news here. And uh, one thing that stood out to me, though, is that there was no, a no-show, no mention of Microsoft's rumored Elite Controller version 2.0 which is supposed to come out in October, allegedly, um, which features a third option for trigger locking, pro different profiles, and enhanced locking mechanisms on the joysticks. And also, it kind of changed around the, the, the paddles on the back, from my understanding. But again, no, no, no mention. And this has been rumored for months now. And now the, there was a rumor recently said it was supposed to come out in October. A lot of people thought it was going to be shown off at at Gamescom, but it wasn't. So it's interesting to see what will happen with that. Uh, in, in terms of other controller news, we had quite a bit of, contro- uh, uh, quite a bit of controllers announced uh, between the two major companies, I should say three, because Nintendo technically announced one as well, but yeah, that's we're not going to talk about that one because that's kind of ugly. But we did have, we did have, Sony was first, kind of, in announcing their, their controllers, and they had four colors. Berry Blue, which is the most disgusting-looking thing I've ever seen. Blue Camo, Copper, and sunset orange, and I don't know. I don't know who approved these colors because, again, they're terrible. Um, the only thing that has it has it going for it is um, is that sunset orange one because it kind of looks. Uh, that this was brought up on the internet later. It looks exactly like it would be Goku's controller. Because the way the orange and blue blend blend together, <laughs> it's actually really funny that that that's what it looks like now that you you look at it later. Um, I was just kind of coming into this, kind of saying that 
their controllers, Sony's controllers in terms of this generation have always been really ugly to me. The only controller that looked nice is the special edition Star Wars one that I have and the anniversary edition that came out uh, a number of years ago, the one that is the the uh, it's the original PlayStation gray and and those colors mainly because I just loved that console. I I almost bought that PS4 console when it was announced. Unfortunately, I could not get into the the website to buy it because it kept crashing because so many people were were trying to to buy it. It was a special limited edition, and unfortunately, now those controllers are going for hundred plus dollars online. But but anyway, again, this might just be my bias, but I I've always thought that the Xbox and Microsoft controllers have always been by far better in terms of of design and things like that. Uh, I have one, the Lunar something, and it's a white controller with gold accents. They came out with one last year that was gray with green accents. Now they have one that's gray with blue. They have a new controller called the Phantom Black, which has a translucent effect on top and then fades into like a white grayish color. Um, that's coming out later in September. Hell, they even have the uh, Design Lab, which is the coolest thing um, to come out of an official um, an official company. Because in all honesty, whoever thought you'd be able to, to customize your own controller directly from the manufacturer? You usually had to go to a third party or, or things like that. And, you know, you're getting... You're getting to make your own with a tons of tons, tons of different uh, customization options. They just added the the flare effect, I think they're calling it, or or something like that, and um, camo abilities. They have those NFL ones um, that you can make. You can have an engraving on it, a laser etching. But but again. This is just amazing. The amazing colors that have come out of Microsoft in terms of of controller design, and and Sony just has like basic ones: the camo, the copper, the steel. Like this is dumb. Hell, they even have a uh, Xbox. Even has a Player Unknowns one that's coming out. Um, Player Unknown uh, PUBG controller, and uh, they came out with the Hyperkin Duke that was released. A, a whole bunch. A whole bunch of, of different controllers. And they're all beautiful to look at. Hell, even the Minecraft ones, which are kind of ugly to me, are are good looking. Um, they had an all red one. They had a Sea of Thieves controller that's really great. It, it's just... I, I don't know what Sony's been doing in terms of their design options. And it's just odd that they wouldn't... It, it's odd they they didn't really come out with anything. But, again, that's on them. I, I really can't make a comment on who who decided that or anything and who at Microsoft was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Because they're, they're just, they don't, um, they, they, they're, they're, again, they're, they're acting from behind. This isn't, I, I don't know, they might have been doing this even if they were in, in, in the lead. And and who knows because it, it's it's Phil Spencer's game now. Don Don Matrick was 
not not the the greatest person. Excuse me, Shadow. I said before. Uh, I said something before, but Shadow is the new effect you can do. Um, on Design Lab, but no, Don Don Matic, Matrick Matic, whatever. He he wasn't the best person to lead Xbox, and and Phil Spencer's done a lot to turn things around. And I think if he was in charge sooner, a lot more decisions that would be better would have been made. If you ask me, that, that's all I'll say. And uh, again, there's there's beautiful controllers here. Hell, even the the they have an ocean shadow and a volcano shadow, which are these. The volcano one is a like a black that that morphs into this like burnt orange. The ocean shadow is this this dark color that morphs into this cool teal blue. And it's just where are those controllers for Sony? They have like they just have boring basic designs, and they're they're even their custom console controllers don't ever look, um, don't even look that nice. So that that's what makes me wonder. It's like I know you guys they're in 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 the front of things, but like you can still come out with stuff that like will want people to buy the controllers that aren't just basic ass colors and shit. Like be creative. A- am I right in that or? I I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if 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 that's just me being biased again or or if other people share that opinion. Like what 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 do you think? Huh? What what do you guys think? But enough about controllers. I'm wasting time. Horizon uh Forza Horizon 4 is coming out in October. And if if you're not aware, the Horizon games are probably one of the best arcade racers on the market right now. Hands down, Forza is probably one of the best racing sims. Like, Gran Turismo lost their mojo quite a while ago. I never would have played the Horizon games at all. But one day, Horizon 2 was on sale, and I got it with all the DLC, and immediately, immediately became enraptured in this game. These games are so fun. You get to tear up countrysides in in amazing vehicles. 2 was in Europe. 3 was in Australia, which was great. Okay, I've sunk a lot of hours into these games. Horizon 4 is going to be in England. It's going to have adaptive weather, so you're going to have all four seasons. And they have things called showcase events where you get in a special car and you have to race a boat, maybe some planes, different things. They've they've had them in in the different games. And um, we've also had some Halo overlap with the Forza games. One of the Forzas you could get the Warthog in the Forza Vista mode, which was kind of like you could just look at cars all fancy-like in a garage and check out the different features um, because Forza games are just beautiful. In Horizon 3, the Warthog was actually drivable. Not really worth it in a race because you couldn't do a whole lot with it, but in Forza Horizon 4, they are adding a Halo showcase event with the Warthog. Uh, Once you go up, once you find it, it will cut to you walking up to the Warthog as Master Chief. Uh, Cortana will be uh, will fully voice the showcase. The skybox will shift to having a halo ring, and apparently you'll be racing against. This was shown behind closed doors. Unfortunately, there's no video online. Um, you'll be racing banshees and ghosts, and mongooses will be driving around and everything like that. This is awesome. Hell, they even they even said uh, that uh, hard light will make up the barriers to the race the racetrack, which it it just fits so much into the Halo continuity. It's fun that they've been doing a lot of this overlap in in Forza the last few titles. I'm really excited for this. 
because the showcase events are, are really fun. You'll be able to play this as much as you want. The fact that it's going to show Master Chief, Cortana's going to be involved, is just, it's great. And I'm so excited. I cannot wait for this game to come out. And I I, I actually have let a couple people borrow this game recently because they, they never would have played it either. It is an open world racing game. It's not a sim. Like I said, it's more arcadey. But they're like, oh, wow, I never would have played this game before. And now they're excited for 4 as well. So the Forza Horizon games, again, like I said, it, it was a, a hidden gem to me and was completely unexpected and, and blew me out of the park. And if you like, if you liked Need for Speed back in the day and, and other, and if you like the traditional Forza games but want something a little more, more open, more fun to play, a little more customization options, definitely, definitely, definitely check out Forza Horizon 4. And that, that comes out in early October. Also announced at Gamescom, uh, the Dark Souls trilogy was announced. So it's essentially Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 in a single package. I have never attempted the Dark Souls games. They have always scared me <laughs> um, in terms of difficulty. I do like a challenge. I Hell, I play the Call of Duty campaigns on Veteran the first try. I play Halo and Legendary Solo. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not a stranger to having... I'm not a stranger to playing hard games. It's just, I, I don't know what it was about Dark Souls. Granted, I didn't really know about those until much, much later in terms of of what they were about and things like that. And by the time that happened, I wasn't really interested in jumping in at the time. I am going to be getting their new game, Sekiro Shadows Die, Tw Die Twice, uh, which comes out next year. So again, I'm going to be pushing myself to the limit with From Software's. From Software's. I can't think today. Uh, their their titles, their punishingly punishingly hard games. I never played Bloodborne. Uh, I know it's on. I know it's on uh, PlayStation things like that. So I'm excited for this to come. Granted, I I I'm not big on like fantasy and knights as much as I used to. In general, really, I mean, I I know I have The Witcher, I have, I have what was it, Dragon Age Inquisition. I got it because it was super cheap and it had everything on sale. So I was like, I know this game's good. Let me have it. The only like super fantasy game I've been into is the Lord of the Rings: Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor games, and mainly because, mainly because those are Lord of the Rings games, and I I think that's probably why why I like them more than, than anything. But I, I do want to play The Witcher 3. I do want to play Dragon Age. Maybe now that they have all three Dark Souls in one collection, maybe I'll take a look. We'll see see how that goes. But I don't know. I, I know some people might be interested. I know a lot of people like to own multiple copies of games they really love. So that's an option for you. Uh, we also had more news on The Division 2, which is coming out in March. Um, the first game had a lot of potential. Uh, had a lot of stuff that I liked. I I played with quite a bit of friends uh, regularly. That was one of the last few games I, I played with friends on a regular basis online. As we got older, you know, life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. But Division 2 had a couple of collector's editions announced. And one of them is exclusive to Ubisoft's online store. They all come with a couple different... 
they all come with pre-order bonuses and things like that. It's just some of them come with a different statue. The first one is the Dark Zone Collector's Edition. Uh, Three-day early access, year one pass, three additional digital packs, book of lithographs, a soundtrack, map of DC, steelbook case, and a 30-centimeter tall figure of Division Two Specialized Agent Heather Ward. That's going to run about 190 bucks, so 200 bucks, which isn't bad. A um, little pricey for a collector's edition in, in terms of what I've seen and paid for other collector's editions. I'm a big collector's edition guy, and I just like statues. I, I don't get them as often as I used to, mainly because I don't have any more fucking space for them. But, hey, whatever. They do have another version, the Ubisoft Online version. Uh, it's called the Phoenix Shield Collector's Edition, exclusively through Ubisoft Store. Includes everything in that previous Dark Zone edition, I said, but instead of the Heather Ward, comes with a high-end articulated figurine of Brian Johnson, a former sniper with Baltimore PD, equipped with TAC-50C sniper rifle. In total, the Phoenix Shield Collector's Edition is going to be about $250. So, I, I don't know why it's so much more money. I get with the articulated, it's almost like a Hot Toys figure, but... Uh, apparently they can be assembled together and if fans don't want, this is from IGN, if fans don't want to go for Phoenix Shield Collector's Edition, the Brian Johnson figurine, which alone costs $60, and other physical goodies, including this package, are available separately on the Ubisoft store. So I, I don't know what that's about. Um, they do have standard editions as well. Standard edition is game itself. With pre-order bonuses, Gold Edition has three-day early access starting on the 12th of March. Includes Year One Pass, which grants players seven-day early access to free Year One DLC. Uh, also comes with customization items, activities, and more. The Gold Edition on website includes a, on Ubisoft's website includes a steelbook case and runs 110. Uh, also, a digital Ultimate Edition, which is usually almost as expensive as the physical, with not all the physical stuff that comes with it, um, but will come with some things as well. So, again, that all depends on what's going to happen in March. I'm definitely getting Division 2. Loved the first one. Didn't keep playing it mainly because at that point more games came out. My friends kind of fell off of the game. But, again, I'm, I'm excited to jump into the new one. It offers something that, that Destiny has been lacking. <laughs> Some more news about that game, Jump Force. Uh, more One Piece characters were confirmed. Vegeta was also confirmed. We still don't know a whole lot about this game. Uh, comes out next year. Interesting fighting game concept. Uh, we got some news regarding Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, Medusa will be fightable and killable, which I'm a huge history buff. I've always loved the Assassin's Creed games just because you get to play around in historical periods and interact with actual people. Origins was an amazing soft reboot for the series. I thought that was one of the best games I played last year, and it, it's just a, a beautifully rendered map of Egypt and, and the surrounding areas, and I like how they uh, fit in some mythological and, and type things. It looks like they're going to do this in Odyssey, which takes place in Greece, is made by um, Ubisoft Montreal, or Quebec, excuse me, Montreal made Origins. We all thought they were going to be taking 
uh, every other year off. Turns out they're not, but they are going to be taking next year off. So they will, there will not be an Assassin's Creed next year, which makes me wonder if maybe they're just going to do Montreal will release a game one year, Quebec one year, and then take a year off uh, in between, which, which is cool. I, I hope they keep going with Assassin's Creed again. If I know some people that, that stopped after the first game, they were completely missing out. It, it's, it, it has improved every, with every major title, with the exception of maybe Unity. And Black Flag was awesome. Assassin's Creed 2 and Revelations were some of my favorite games for a long time with Ezio Auditore. And Syndicate was super underrated and unfortunately didn't sell a whole lot, which was sucked because that kind of brought me back into the, loving the franchise. Because Black Flag, I, I didn't buy... I borrowed and, and ended up liking later. Unity was a huge letdown to me. But Syndicate, damn, that was super underrated. Loved playing as Evie and, and Jacob Fry. Again, Origins was awesome. I am very excited for Odyssey because you get to play around in ancient Greece. So we'll see. Um, I did, I did misspeak last week when I said Spyro... Uh, reignited trilogy was delayed till October was actually delayed till November 13th. So we're going to have to wait a little while. Our, our, our nostalgia memories are going to have to wait just a little, little while, a little while longer. Luckily it wasn't months or years or anything like that. And also this week of Gamescom, this isn't really a Gamescom thing, but uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, who, if you don't know, like wake up and get out from under a rock uh created mega uh, uh mario almost said mega man i'm almost just as bad uh created mario and zelda said that uh he does not want to make an mmorpg which i don't blame him mmorpgs are just they're they're different styles of games and he's a master at creating platformers which would not lend itself well to the mmo mmorpg platform or or genre you could say but again he's a smart man i'm not questioning his i'm not questioning his his abilities or why he said that had to talk about he made a a a couple different things and one of the also things is he he was talking about free to play and how he thinks developers should just make a game that's affordable and people will like free to play is kind of a misnomer because and I agree with him here. Free to play isn't free. Yes, it's free to download, free to start, but at the end of the day, you're going to be pumping a lot of money, if not hundreds of dollars into some of these games just to get past certain levels, to unlock characters, different things like that. Free to play is a lie. It's a lie, lie, lie. The the industry has pulled the wool over our eyes. Like Fortnite is free to play, but how many kids are probably uh uh Forcing their parents to buy them skins and other bullshit and coins. Fucking Fortnite. But hey, there's other games that do this too. And I, I'm a, I've am played victim to this. Mainly because it's a Star Wars game and I want some characters sooner when they get announced. But again, I, I understand this and I don't spend a lot of money. I budget myself 10, 20 bucks at the most on these games. Because I'm not going to go crazy and overrated. I don't need these things. I don't need them. They're they're extras. I can play the game without them. But kind of going back to his MMO RPG comment, uh, he did say 
Since I get tired of things easily, I don't want to keep making one game. Instead, he always wants to move on to the next project, which, again, that makes sense. A lot of creators don't like sticking with one thing. They want to keep changing things, adapting, growing. And it's hard to do that sometimes with... with um, It's hard to do that with MMORPGs. And um, also announced at Gamescom, we'll have more on this game next week, Cyberpunk 2077 from C- CD Projekt Red, the makers of The Witcher, has said that Cyberpunk 2077 is playable from start to finish. That doesn't mean it's it's finished in in essence, but it means that all the assets are mostly there, the story's in place. Uh, there's still a lot of bugs that need to be worked out. Game needs to be polished, but we might actually be closer to this game than than we all realize. And uh, they did announce there would be some releasement of video that did happen recently. Can't talk about it this week, but I'm just laying some some tidbits so you guys come back for next week. Also, this weekend was the national pokemon championship and hey guess what america beat japan in the pokin tournament oh yeah baby america doesn't need to be made great again we are great again that's right we won a fighting game tournament a pokemon one that's right uh if you don't know pokin is like tekken but with pokemon characters and it's on the switch and wii u but no i just i just wanted to throw that in um, kind of rounding out our video game news this week. Had a whole lot. Had a whole lot, actually. Amazon announced that they're actually going to make a video game based off their show, The Grand Tour, which stars the former hosts of Top Gear, Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond. And Amazon is making a game based around the adventures they've gone on in the first two seasons. And will also include things from the upcoming season three. I love the Grand Tour. It's one of the greatest, not the not one of the greatest. It's just a really good show that I like because I love Top Gear, love Jeremy Clarkson, love Richard Hammond. James May is tolerable. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. I I like all of them, um, especially their their quips and and jokes about each other are, are always hilarious. But we'll kind of use that as a segue here into TV. Unfortunately, the the Galaxy Quest show has been put on hold. Uh, the Amazon Galaxy Quest show. Paul Schreer is writing it. If you don't know, he's from been in the league and that show on Adult Swim, Children's Hospital. I think he was involved with or that weird like Law and Order spinoff show. I can't not spinoff, but like mock show. I I can't think of the name, but yeah, it will honor Star Wars and Star Trek. It will be a continuation from the movie. No word on if Tim Tim Allen or Sigourney Weaver will appear. Unfortunately, Alan Rickman did pass on, so he will not be able to continue on and play Dr. Lazarus with his mighty catchphrase, By Grabthaw's Hammer. No, I've been excited for this show because I love the Galaxy Quest movie. And it, it made... I think that show is what got me into Star Trek. I was always into Star Wars, but I think that show made me more interested and more curious in Star Trek. And I think after that is when I started watching it on Spike in afternoons when I'd get home from school because it was always on Spike for like two hours. But who knows? We'll uh, we'll be patiently waiting for that show. We At least we have the Orville on Fox to fill in the gap for 
mock mocking yet tenderly loving the legacy of Star Trek and Star Wars. Got some more news about the Arrowverse. Uh, Stephen Amell posted a picture recently saying he is trying to grow a goatee to be comically accurate to the Green Arrow there, which would be awesome, even though that goatee that he has in the comics is completely unrealistic. Also announced the Arrow crossover. Arrowverse crossover is happening in December, later than usual this year. And Superman and Lois Lane will be in every single episode. Um, so Superman from from the Supergirl shows, so Tyler Hawkland, I think is how you say his name, they've yet to cast Lois Lane. This is going to be interesting. So we're that much closer to having the world's finest meet up in the Arrowverse. Um, he's going to interact with Batwoman, just not Batman. We'll report more as we know. Uh, Brennan Fraser has been cast in Robot Man and the Doom Patrol show for the DC Comics streaming service. And Brennan Fraser, hey, he's kind of fallen out of the limelight recently. What was the last movie he did? Was it that uh, was it that cheesy Journey to the Center Earth movie? I don't I don't know, but I used to like Brendan Fraser a lot. Love him in the Mummy movies. Love him. He's got a a way with comedy and timing and things like that that just not a lot of people have. Jessica Jones is losing its showrunner after season three, which is supposed to air next year. So that show will go in a different direction, maybe, on on Netflix. We'll see if Disney keeps those shows going now that that they're making more announcements regarding their streaming service. Uh, YouTube announced that they're going to release 50 original series next year. Uh, Scripted sitcoms, other shows, more dramas, some, some documentary series... I, I guess Cobra Kai did that well that they're willing to put more money into scripted programming, which is cool. I just don't know if how many people are going to pay for net for YouTube now too, and and have scripted shows. I, are there going to be ad, like I don't think there's ads, but still, it's like there's only so much streaming that you can handle and pay for. The Big Bang Theory is coming to an end next year, mainly because Jim's, Jim Parsons has decided to walk away. CBS announced you can't have Big Bang Theory without Sheldon Cooper. I, for one, eh, I don't really care about this show. Never watched it. Always felt it was pandering to nerds. And kind of just played into that whole nerds are cool thing. And I, I don't know. I just, this show never, never got me. And, and it just always rubbed me the wrong way. Just just always, 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 always. And I'm happy it's leaving. Stupid bullshit show. Got a couple of trailers. Amazon released a trailer for Man in the High Castle Season 3. Again, uh, another show that I love because I'm a history buff and it's, it's an interesting what-if take on if the Nazis and Japan had won World War II and how they would take over America and split it up. Looks like season three is going to be leaning more into the supernatural and sci-fi elements that exist in the book um, that it's based off of and kind of where the seasons have been heading. And I'm excited. I've, I've read the book. I've met Man in the High Castle by uh, Philip K. Dick. And in my personal opinion, this is one of the few times a show or adaptation is actually better than the book. The book is is simple. It's okay. There's There's a lot of good things to think about, but... The show has been able to take those concepts and expand on it immensely. And and most people will say that the show is better than the book. You'll actually hear that from a lot of people. 
um, or at least it you don't hear a lot of complaints. Uh, maybe maybe you don't hear a lot about about people saying it's better than the book, but you don't hear complaints saying like, oh, they've tarnished the book's legacy. I'm sure there's some of those people, but you don't hear a lot of negative things about this show. And I am very excited for when this show returns. I've been a fan since season one, and it, uh, Amazon has some some good content. I also got a, uh, a trailer for season three of True Detective for HBO, which is coming next year, with Mahershala Ali. He won the, the Oscar for Moonlight a couple of years ago. Was it two years ago now? And he played Cop- Cottonmouth in Luke Cage season one, one of the best villains in all the Netflix Marvel shows. But uh, he's going to be playing a, the detective of True Detective season three. This show looks like they're getting closer to kind of how they were doing with the first show. Um, looks like there's going to be some different timelines involved. I did not like the first season. Put me to sleep. One of the few things to put me to sleep. And loved the second season that a lot of people did not like. I know second season was very maligned. But I did like the whole political uh, corruption and scandal and political thriller type of season two. Way more than season one with its semi-supernatural elements. But uh, not a whole lot is known about that yet. So we just got a teaser trailer this Sunday. Very excited to see uh, what gets announced in the coming months regarding the show. That's kind of it for TV. But again, I'm I'm more excited for this Arrowverse crossover in December. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to see what happens with that. Especially now that Superman's going to be involved and Batwoman. So we'll see how many more references they can sneak in about Bruce Wayne. And uh, it is the last week of August. And with that comes the removal of things on Netflix and adding of new things on Netflix, kind of big things that might stand out to you guys. Uh, Leaving in September is Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Ghostbusters is also leaving. Casino, great movie. And The Imitation Game, another awesome movie that had a lot of Oscar buzz when it came out about. Stars Benedict Cumberbatch as Alan Turning about the first computer and Uh, code-breaking with the Nazis, World War II, historical drama. However, got some great things coming in September. Got Scarface in the beginning of the month, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Black Panther on the 4th, Season 2 of Iron Fist, which looks to be an improvement over Season 1, Bojack Horseman Season 5, which is an amazing, amazing show, and uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is a great movie, great video game movie. Um, But while we're still on the subject of Netflix, uh, their show Disenchantment came out, which was the the new show from Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons. Uh, I did watch the whole show. I I actually really liked this show. I really liked it a lot. There was a lot of cool references to pop culture that kind of makes sense in in terms of a show being made today, especially like a mock joke, mock show of fantasy, um, fit in a lot of modern fantasy tropes but turned them on their head which was great and the voice cast is superb which which is key to making an animated show work because if you don't have a voice cast that works the show could be dead on arrival but this show was great it was funny it was well written pretty much all of the Futurama cast is involved in one way or another and that's really cool um, how they introduce Elfo uh, which is Princess Bean, who's the main character's elf friend, she also has a demon friend, um, voiced by, voiced by, 
uh, Eric Andre, who's who's actually funny in the role. And it, it's a interesting thing. The, the season centers around the king who's looking for the elixir of life. They're always basing it around elf's blood. Princess Bean is a princess who doesn't want to be a princess and just rejects that whole life, gets drunk and high and shit all the time. It's, it's actually pretty fucking funny. And Elfos, this, this elf from the land, like from Elfville or whatever, and he kind of gets thrown out because he rejects the whole idea of just being happy all the fucking time. And he ends up being this just naive person around Princess Bean and, and uh, her demon Lucy, who, like I said, is voiced by Eric Andre. And just the the shenanigans they get involved in, and and there's giants and stories about mermaids and uh, being married off to a prince and magic and wonder and, and and all this other bullshit. It's just it's hilarious. Definitely for adults, not for kids. There is one thing though. The final episode, final episode was kind of weird in where they were kind of taking the story. Um, this is only part one, so a part two is coming. Which kind of makes sense, like part one, because stories are always parts. But it'll be interesting to see where they take it in the second part. There's a lot of potential here. A lot of potential. So, hopefully a lot of people watched it, a lot of people like it, and hopefully we'll get more. Hopefully we'll get more. And I'm, I'm excited. This is something different from Futurama and, and The Simpsons. Wow, we're going to have a long episode today. Not a whole lot left, though. Now, now we're going to kind of talk about movies here. Big, 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 big news. Uh, the next James Bond movie, which was supposed to come out just over a year from now, next November, Danny Boyle is no longer directing. Apparently, apparently he's left over creative differences in terms of how they were going to portray the villain, cast the villain, something like that. This is all this is all rumors at the at this point. But the future of that of Bond twenty five, which is its tentative title, is currently in doubt. Um, I'm sure they still have time to to get a director in place and, and have I'm guessing most of the story is done because they were probably going to start filming soon they actually have uh, Christopher McQuarrie on the, on the short list for this um, he's directed the last few Mission Impossible movies and I know he said that he kind of wants to do something different but it'll be interesting to see how how he does if he gets hired how he would do um, James Bond because the new Mission Impossible movies have greatly influenced the last few James Bond movies. And I think he'd be a perfect director for this. He knows how to film an action movie. And based off of the most recent Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Fallout, I would be 100% on board if he signed on to do the movie. So we'll we'll get more news, I'm guessing, in the next few months regarding James Bond and, and how that's going to play out. And this is more than likely... Daniel Craig's last James Bond. There's been rumors the last few years about Idris Elba taking over the role. And I'm still kind of torn on this. I don't I don't know if he's the right person for the role. This has nothing to do with race. This has nothing to do with race because I know people are just going to jump to that conclusion. Um, I know he's younger than Daniel Craig, but again, this is Daniel Craig five Bond movies in, not not starting from scratch and he was interviewed and he said he's definitely not in the running apparently they said he was for sure but that was all rumors and hearsay that's why I didn't talk about it the last couple weeks but um and it doesn't seem like he actually wants to be the next James Bond 
I think Tom Hiddleston should be the next James Bond. And he's had a lot of stuff come out recently that makes me want him as the next James Bond. And I'm going to campaign for Tom Hiddleston. So hashtag Tom Hiddleston is the next Bond. How about that? Let's start that. Let's pull a John Oliver and start that. Wonder Woman 1984, which is currently filming, has listed Hans Zimmer as the as the composer, which is odd because Hans Zimmer said he quit doing music for superhero movies after Batman vs. Superman. So there had to be something enough for him to come back. Someone enticed him to come back. I don't know if Christopher Nolan, who uses Hans Zimmer for all of his movies... I don't know if he's still a producer for the DCEU or if he produced uh, the first Wonder Woman or anything like that. And uh, granted, Hans Zimmer did come up with the theme for did come up with the theme for Wonder Woman in Batman vs Superman. That uh, I'm not even going to attempt it because it's going to come off terrible. But he did write that theme, so hopefully he can expand on that for the sequel. I'm I'm excited for this. Hans Zimmer, not my favorite composer. He's up there. He's had some really good memorable ones. Can't hold a t- candle to Danny Elfman or or the amazing John Williams. So, hell, even Alan Silvestri, and 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 some others, or Goldsmith, Jerry Goldsmith, are are just leaps and bounds, in my opinion, better than than Hans Zimmer. He has memorable ones. He's just he's not there yet. Not there yet. Um, some news for Top Gun Two. John Hamm and Ed Harris have joined the cast, which also has. Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise back. Uh, Miles Teller was cast as Goose's son. Uh, Top Gun 2 Maverick, they're calling it. Um, Unfortunately, it's not being filmed in San Diego anymore because Top Gun School has moved to Nevada. Really upsetting because the Top Gun 2 house is still in Oceanside. And even though it's beat up and run down and fenced off, I think they could have found a way to to work it in. I would have liked to have them film it in San Diego again. It's just, it wouldn't be factually accurate it'd be more of a stretch than more of a stretch than it already would be but uh, alas alas hey here's a fun thing dominic moynihan has been cast in star wars episode 9 and if you don't know who dominic moynihan is he is a good friend of jj abrams and was in lost and some other J.J. Abrams properties, but the most famous thing he's been in, oh yeah, he was, uh, oh, I don't know, Mary in Lord of the Rings? So, well, holy shit, going, he's going to be in two of the biggest franchises on the planet. How cool is that? Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Not many people, not many actors can say that, right? Not many. So this is awesome that he's being cast in this. Obviously, obviously um, using his friendship with with J.J. Abrams to get in. But I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm really excited. He's a really great actor, if you ask me. Um, he played Mary wonderfully in in Lord of the Rings. And and, and I, I like it. He's He's been around a whole lot more than... The guy who played Pippin, whose name I can't think of right now, but, but again, we'll see how, uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm excited. Obviously, they only started filming a couple weeks ago, so we'll we'll know more about that. Some pictures came out, but they don't really show anything. Obviously, he wasn't in the pictures, but again, still not a whole lot on, 
on Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh, here's a surprise. Not uh, Guardians Three is on hold. I think I said that last week too, but it's it's for sure. It's been put on pause as they look for a new director. Um, the star Tom Hardy and the director of Venom are unsure if it's going to have a PG thirteen or R rating. Still not sold on this movie. I don't know how I feel about it. We'll see. I'll I'll go check it out. Maybe not opening weekend, but I'll I'll check it out. There's other movies I want to see that are coming out, and video games are coming out that month, so I'll have other things to do. I'll have an excuse. Um, but here's a weird thing. Tom Hardy is signed on for three Venom movies. I don't. Does that mean it's part of the Spider-Man universe? Is he going to be in the Craven the Hunter movie or the? The Morpheus movie or Mobius or whatever that vampire thing is. Is he going to be in the Silver Sable movie or the, the Black Cat movie? Like, how is this? Are these three individual Venom movies? Are they to appear in three movies as Venom? Is he going to be Sony's Nick Fury? Like, what? what is this? Why? 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 Then again, I really have no basis to say any of this because the Venom movie hasn't come out and nobody knows how good it's going to be. So whatever, I'll just keep hating from afar. I don't care. I don't care. To kind of cap off this week, I saw Black Klansman this weekend. Uh, the Spike Lee joint that just came out. And really great movie. It's about, again, it's it's based on a true story. About uh, a detective in Colorado Springs. First black detective in Colorado Springs in the 70s. Who is successfully able to run a undercover operation to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan. Not what you're thinking, that's for sure. But in in terms of how does a black individual, African-American individual, go undercover in the KKK? You know, like, they, they meet without their hoods. So, no, he uses a, another detective and is able to infiltrate the Klan in, in Colorado Springs, un, un, uncover some plots to attack minorities and, and things like this. And he's played by, uh, the detective Ron Stallworth is the character's name. He's played by um, Denzel Washington's son, whose name is John David Washington. He's also the one of the stars in Ballers. He plays Ricky Jarrett. But no, he plays this character amazingly. Um, this, this movie has a bit of comedy in it. It's very serious at the same time, trying to tell a serious story. And Adam Driver plays an awesome character in it as well. Topher Grace is in it as David Duke. So there, there is, it is, like I said, based off a true story, there are real people involved based off real people, uh, real characters, things like this. It's an awesome movie. Super underrated. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I've never been a huge fan of, of Spike Lee joints as he calls them. Mainly because of his attitude. Like he comes off as really cocky and, and things like this. And it's just a turn off in terms of do I want to go see his movies. Uh, Inside Man is a great movie though. Don't get me wrong. That's a good movie. Do the right thing. And and other movies he's directed. But what I will say is Black Klansman is an amazing movie. 100% 10 out of 10. 100% I think it's a 10 out of 10 movie. And, and it's it's a powerful message, has a lot to say, has a lot of a lot of of parallels to what's going on today in America. Not gonna say I agree with everything or anything like that, but it's a great movie that really helps you understand 
about about things that were happening in the 70s things like that it's 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 different nowadays to a degree but but again it it's it's an awesome movie that i would definitely recommend everyone to check out the story makes sense the actors are great and the cinematography is really cool as well and there's a lot of things that that get worked into the movie that you wouldn't expect in a movie like this. Like there's a conversation about black exploitation films and they kind of, when they're talking about them, they get shown off in the, uh, they show off the, the poster for the movie, which is really cool. You wouldn't expect that in a movie like this. And uh, good good bits of comedy written well, written well. And uh, I, I, I can't wait for this movie to be out because I definitely want to buy it and, and own it and support things like this. And it's it's a, it's a good movie that I would check out, regardless of how you feel about Spike Lee, regardless of how you feel about other things going on in politics. Definitely check out this movie. Just it, it's, it's worth watching, and, and that that's that's really what I have to say about it. Because I, I don't want to get like too crazy or too deep into it, just because we we could go down the rabbit hole in in terms of, of different things in regards to this movie. But it's. It's it's a well-crafted movie, well-rounded, all, all around, 10 out of 10, 100%. But that's this week's episode, Nick's Nerd News. Hey, guys, rate, review, subscribe, share. Come on, please. I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm not going to beg you guys. Just just do it if you want, all right? that that's on, that's on you. I'll do my part. You do your part, regardless of what you feel your part is. Um, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Nick's Nerd News. You know where to find me if you're not already. Um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Google Play. Nick's Nerd News, Nerd Unfiltered. That's where you can listen. That's where you can check it out. Podomatic.com has me as well. But as always, live your own life. Fuck the haters. Do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. Don't let anyone get in the way of that. All right? Have a good week. Catch you on the flip side.